Welcome back to another LA Rams UK podcast. Unfortunately, after a week 10 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers, 17-12. So I've got a feeling it's going to be a positive podcast. And with me tonight is Tony. Hey, guys. And Jordan. All right. Have a done. Good stuff. So with that loss, we fall to five and four in a division that seems to be uh, getting harder week by week. We have the 49ers on 8-1, and one, and Seattle did us no favours after our loss, really, by beating 49ers to go 8-2. and two. So let's go back to our game against Pittsburgh, uh, which was Aaron Donald's homecoming. Tony, let's just get initial thoughts. This is the chance to blow off some steam, I guess, <laughs> about this game. So, yeah, initial thoughts. I don't want to talk about it, to be honest. Oh, that's what we're here for, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't pretty. It started pretty well. I think we all got a bit excited with that that defensive touchdown on the first play, uh, first drive from, from Steelers. And uh, it, it was downhill from there, wasn't it? We never really got going on offence. What the hell was going on with Cooper Cup? You know, four targets, no receptions. You know, my heart was breaking for that. I mean, on that note, just sorry to jump in. I just I was looking up some of the um, next gen stats, and his average separation was something like two point four. So they were either marking him really tight, or I don't know, his running wasn't his usual running, or do you know what I mean? But everyone else is like three plus or four yards yeah. from the yeah. nearest defender. So he was, you know, he was under a lot. Pressure was a lot closer to the defenders more than normal. So, but yeah, four targets. I mean, there's a lot to probably can reason for that. But sorry, carry on, Tony. Yeah, I mean, possibly the only highlight was the return of Clay Matthews, which is great to have him back on the field. Aaron Donald had a decent game. Just trying to look up his stats, you know, four tackles, two assists, one sack, but it just wasn't pretty we didn't really get going on either side of the ball really it just it just felt really dodgy as though we weren't prepared and I, I, I know we probably were pretty well prepared but it, whatever we tried just didn't seem to work for us did it on that note of both i mean to me the, the defense done quite well i mean they scored nine of our 12 points there is um, that <laughs> Which I uh, still can't believe. Three points on that in our high-powered offense, apparently. But also, I know there was controversial um, referee calls that we can touch on. We haven't got to cry about it too much. But in theory, if if that forward put was classed as a forward pass rather than mm. a fumble on golf, and that taken back for a touchdown, that's down to ten points. And that touchdown that they got with the knee, I believe, touched. And I'll, obviously, being a Rams fan, I'm probably going to say it, but with his knee touching uh, out of bounds, they're potentially down to three points without that. I mean, obviously they could have gone on to score after that, but I mean, that's two touchdowns that could have been taken back. Jordan, what are your thoughts on that? Um, no, I mean, I agree. I, I called the, I mean, the, the 
it's almost like we're seeing it here with VAR and the English Premier League are getting nothing right. It's almost like the referees of us, like, you know, the kind of referee union. So it's like, yeah, I'm going to stick with your call because I don't want you to look bad type thing. I didn't, I mean, they were talking about clear and obvious on the, the touchdown that they had for with the knee being down. I thought it was pretty clear. Yeah, it's like split second, but when you're rolling it frame by frame, it's pretty clear for me anyway. But then again, maybe that is just a, you know, the Rams Rams fan and then the the fumbles, you know. I Considering mean, what <laughs> Rudolph does twice, I mean, if you can just hold the ball in your left hand and then kind of backhand it anywhere to avoid a sack, you know, how's, how's, how's that, you know? Anyway, that's... It's, it's something that you see more and more these because they're doing, you know, the, the backhanded shovel passes as they're called or the, the touch pass that we've saw the Rams do a couple of times as well as others. And it's I don't know if it's something they'll eventually look at, but, you know, they, they were two contentious calls, but they, they weren't the reason the Rams lost because, as we've touched on, well, both offences scored three points in this game. The Rams just didn't get going at all, and it was a pretty pretty dull game overall and a lot of that comes down to the there's a lot of reasons but most of it I think boils down to the offensive line not particularly creating anything on the ground although you know Gurley did have 70, 73 yards on 12 carries and then just disappeared in the fourth quarter um, which is something that I don't think we'll ever get to the bottom of because Sean McVay just you know dances around the, the questions in his press conferences um, but they, they certainly didn't help Goff. Goff wasn't very good anyway. So there's a lot of a lot of issues that need to be ironed out. And unfortunately, it might be too late already for the for the issues to be ironed out. Just the, the way that the other teams in the conference are going, and especially in our division at the minute. Yeah, the the line is the easy one to point point out with all the injuries that we've had. And it's I mean I know we we've seen a tweet come out today where they've picked up a. A tackle and a centre, I believe. Um, one of them, I think, was on our uh, in training camp, I believe. But yeah, it's um, really digging deep for replacements there now. People are calling for Sullivan to come back, but I think he's been sitting on the couch for like a whole year, so that probably ain't going to be too great <laughs> at this stage of the season. But yeah, with Goff's play, the O line, the lack of running, it's all connected, I imagine. Uh, they say Goff looks rattled, but I mean he, they are they're letting him just flood through that that O line. I was looking at the stats. I think we're uh, for would you class us as a a fairly balanced team really? But with Gurney, you sort of assume we're going to run it quite heavily. But we're twenty second in terms of run, rushing attempts, and I don't know. All the weeks go on. It's like I didn't buy into the issue with Gurley. Obviously, he had his knee, and you're you're playing it safe to a degree. And he doesn't seem to be, when he talks back to the media about what's going on, he, he doesn't seem to, he doesn't seem, he doesn't, just no emotions whatsoever. It's just he's not excited about anything and he's not angry about anything. I'm not, not sure how to read into that, really. I mean, I know there's not a lot he can say. It's down to the coaches to put him in. But not to put him in the whole fourth quarter when the game's so close and the rest of the offense, considering the game he was having, I think it was average six. Point one yards per carry. Probably one of the better games he's had this year. Don't know what's going on there. No, and 
just the, the way that the I mean the, the questions are getting asked every week in the press conferences and McVeigh just you know dances around them so I've got to get a better flow of the game and and whatever and it's just you know I, I much the same as yourself I didn't really buy that there, there was particularly an issue I thought yeah they'll, they'll manage them but they're still going to use them like the Rams were down what two points uh, one part of that game it was what 14-12 for quite a while until towards the end of the fourth quarter to not run the ball at all or to not run it with Gurley is is just you know it's mind blowing um, mm. so I think everybody needs to face the fact that there's a serious problem there and you know the, the Todd Gurley of 2017 and even most of last year obviously get banged up towards the end of last year that might that might be gone forever, unless something miraculous happens. But yeah, I mean, that's most of the most of the issues overall come back to the O line, and that leads back to you know it's a, it's a kind of chain a chain of of uh, faults to be honest. It all leads from you know people are saying you know Goff's not great, but he's not great because he's not getting time or the same space that he was last year. And that all goes back to the coaching staff because this is on them in the front office. You know, they've sat, they drafted Brian Allen and Joe Noteboom last year. And yeah, Noteboom's obviously been hurt this year. But they sat through all last year watching them in practice and thought they were they were good enough to step in for Sullivan and Saffold. Like, we'll let them go. These guys can handle it. And they've been completely wrong. And that mm. falls on them. The coaching staff, whether it's Aaron Cromer or all the way up to McVeigh and then the front office as well so Sneed and all the you know the talent evaluators are, this falls to them because every issue I think falls back to the old line and then you've got to attribute the problems there to them you know we've got what seven games left uh, mm. it's going to be could be a tough one going into the last seven games you know there's going to be some struggles in there um, but yeah, it's certainly there was a little bit of positivity after the last two wins, but it's kind of been, you know, all shot down after the after this weekend, unfortunately. Yeah, it's almost like a false sense of security playing against the Falcons and Bengals, but then Falcons went, went and beat the Saints, didn't they? So it's uh, this league. <laughs> Any given Sunday, you can't pick it, can you? It's mad, Tony. Where do you stand on golf? at the moment this stage I don't know I you know because we've invested quite a lot of time love money into this situation we, we paid him like an elite quarterback but are we still paying for the potential that he's going to come good at some point or will become better at some point he's, he's a good quarterback but can you be a great quarterback without the tools to to make it work for you? We know he's got some great receivers. We know he's got a great running back or had a great running back. But you've got to, you've got to be able to give your quarterback time. And we you know it's it's pretty obvious that he's not getting the time that he needs. You know, even if you look at I hate to say the the name, but Tom Brady, but you know, when he's lost Super Bowls or being protected by his O-line. And unless you can protect your quarterback and keep them clean, it's not going to work. I, 
I, I still want to believe that Goff is our our man, because if he's not, where does that leave us with no draft capital and, and very little cap space? I mean, he, it's not like he's, over the, the years, he's been a starter, that he hasn't shown us his ability and flashes of, you know, just class. So it can't be just on him. And it's not no coincidence that we had our offensive line last year was healthy throughout. And I think pretty yep. healthy the, the year before that. And it was consistent. And this year we suddenly switch out two players. Brian Allen, first year starting as a centre. And which is pretty important considering he's the one sorting the line out. And suddenly oh his completions percentage for Goff is sixty percent, which is thirtieth in the league. So given time, like most quarterbacks, but he has shown us to be able to put it in the tightest of windows. You know, he's got he's got the ability to throw those balls. Like I say he's got the wide receivers, they've proven that they're reliable, although we got Cooks out, Reynolds has stepped up when needed. And Goff just in this game alone, show had a good game, really. So it's got to be that line, and I don't, it's it's got to be too late to fix it this year. I, I mean, you'd think so. With only seven games left to go, it's you know half the season has been and gone. But if you if you look at yards per game, Jared Goff is is sixth with two hundred and ninety yards per game. Uh, it, it's no, it's not just him. It's not just him. So now we've got centre is on injured reserve. Uh, Big Rob, he's out for a couple of weeks. That's the last thing I heard. Have you heard anything different, Jordan? No, I just saw he's out this week. I don't know, don't know about anything else, any extra than that. So we got what? What's our line now? We got uh, Big Wit on the left. Um, yeah, the left court, but um, Blythe will go to centre, and then they're talking about you know Edwards going to right tackle, which I think he did it towards the end, mm-hmm. and then. To be honest, I don't, know. I don't know. Well, he Shelton. came in, um, and they had the. I think Demby's been a healthy scratch the last couple of weeks, which I think maybe shows, you know, he's he's obviously the last last man. So, you know, you could be looking at Whitworth, Corbett, Blythe, Shelton, and Edwards, which compared to compared <laughs> to last year, um, is a serious downgrade. And Shelton's um, a centre, isn't he, really? But because of Blythe's experience, they're starting to kick him in, well, him in that Blythe, position. Blythe in college was... A, I think he was a centre in college. He sent, no. and certainly in one of the years he was there, he was up for the the, the award for the best centre in college. Um, so I don't know if that's why he's kick, kicked inside to centre. Generally, like, if you play interior line, you can kind of... Well, I'm not saying it's so as if it's so easy to go any of the three spots, but they'll generally try and let you go in any of the three spots. But obviously, with Blythe's experience, not just in the NFL, but on the team, he's going to know a lot more than, than Shelton will. So that's probably why they're, they're putting him at centre. So, defensive-wise, thoughts on that, Jordan? Well, I mean, you can't really ask much more of them overall. They've... They've conceded 10 points the last three games. You know, yeah, Steelers scored 17, but obviously seven were on the, the, the fumble return. So the defence themselves have given up 10 points in each of the last three games. And if you, you know, the fact that the Rams have only won two of those games 
tells you where the problem lies. Mm. You know, the Clay Matthews is back. It's what I think they, they gave him half a sack on the, the Aaron Donald safety, which I thought was a bit a bit uh, out of order. He sort of finished it off, didn't he? Look like Donald I mean, he was going down. Him up. <laughs> yeah, he's going down. Yeah, Donald's got you. You're going down. Um, oh, not? You know, obviously Fowler didn't have any sacks this game, but he, he, he picks up the ball and runs in for the touchdown. There was, you know, I don't think they had a lot going elsewhere. I mean, Rudolph had 242 yards passing, but I didn't feel like, obviously they're only, they've only scored 10 points, so I, there was, they weren't driving down the field with any consistency. Mm. And if they were, then the Rams were either getting a turnover, like we saw with Robbie Coleman getting the, the, the fumble just out of nowhere, or they were obviously getting stopped and forcing punts or, Again, they only gave up 42 yards rushing. That 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 was one of the big problems we thought we would have coming into the season was run defense. And it turns out that that's one of the strengths. Um, yeah, I was just no- looking at that. Yeah, it's I think we're fifth in yards allowed and second in average yards per carry. Yeah. So that's yeah, like you say, that was the the weak spot everyone was saying that we had, and now it's, they've turned that around. And clearly, with the amount of points we're we're not giving up, if you like, they they're doing their bit on the on the pass defense as well. But uh, I, I believe Troy Hill didn't he have a, a blind of the week before? <laughs> well, the last couple of weeks, obviously we had the bye week, but then he he was pretty poor in this game. After watching it, I thought. I think it's just a part of it is that he's he's obviously not. Didn't think of him as a starter when. Peters and Tilly were here obviously He's, he was the what, third man up on the outside anyway, technically your fourth cornerback, your third cornerback is Robbie Coleman but he, he only plays slot but the problem is that you know when you've got Ramsey on one side of the field, they ain't looking that way a whole lot so you're going to get a lot of a lot of action and you're not going to win every time, there was a couple of times where he, he had some pretty you know bad plays overall I would say and you know he's the one that gives up the touchdown where he is to be fair to him he's like right on the guy it's, it's a good catch it was uh, yeah Jones. maybe being a little bit harsh it's like say a couple of splash plays which they they all give up now and again there was a there was a couple because I mean I, I think I tweeted out one point Troy how what are you doing but I can't remember what it was actually <laughs> about but it was there was some it was just oh I think it was one of them and yeah I can remember, slightly remember I can't remember who it was on but he just like completely lost the guy. I was like, just, Weddle, but, Weddle came running over shaking his head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he ended up kind of marking Weddle, if you like, or covering Weddle. And yeah. the guy, the, whoever the receiver was, was, you know, out in the touchline and he was about five, ten yards inside. So, I mean, he has, there's a couple of moments of that, but he's getting targeted a lot more just because he's got Ramsey on the other side of the field who they're obviously yeah. going to avoid for the most part. So, <clears throat> but. Unfortunately, Troy Hill's the least of your problems because you've got a lot on offense now. The only thing we can hope is that, as they like to say in America about overcoming adversity, is that with this tough period the Rams are going through with the injuries in the O-line and the lack of time for Goff to throw, is that they'll need to practice this sort of stuff, which will maybe develop Goff's game and his uh, wide receivers a little bit more where they hadn't needed to in the past because he had the luxury of time which might add another level to Goff's game down the road maybe that's a silver lining for uh, our franchise quarterback if you like 
But um, yeah, that that O line with the games we've got remaining, um, <clears throat> and Forty uh, ers Seahawks. I mean, we've got Khalil Mack coming up next week. I know we'll get on to that in a minute, but yeah, let's see. Uh, they're going to have to improve quickly, or he's going to have to. Re- I don't know what. What's the what's the key? You simplify the playbook, I guess. And if in doubt, you run it. <laughs> if you're worried about golf. Well, part of the problem is that they can't really run it for the most part. Um, I mean, again, the 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 play calling's got to be better. The play calling's got to factor in the fact that the line just isn't as good. There seems to be a few times where, you know, I don't know if it's the coverage is good downfield because you can't really see it as much on when you're watching just the, the TV broadcast. But there seem to be a lot of plays called that seem to take forever to develop and. The longer it takes to develop, the more time it's, you know, obviously the defence has got to get at, at Jared Goff. So, you know, play con's got to be better. There's got to be more variation. I don't know. Do you, I suppose we've not really got as um, enough linemen to bring in an extra lineman, but they keep a tight, in, uh, tight ends in more to, to try and help block. You know, there's there's got to be an evolution of Sean McVeigh's play calling as well to, to help. Well, to be fair, I think with some of the losses, they have been quite close, really, haven't they? In the grand scheme of things, like obviously we're used to staying up late, and it's all right when you're winning. And I got into habit last, oh, I guess, last four weeks where you're watching the game with the losses. You're like, right, we're down here. It's five minutes left. Might as well go to bed. But then it's shown that a game can turn around, as we know, in like a minute. Do you know what I mean? In terms of it's a close, it's one score game. So in with this one where we got it down to two points away, you're thinking, oh, I've got to stay up for this. But in the, in though we got these four losses, just looking at some of these scores, I mean, we lost by five points against Tampa Bay, which I still can't believe we lost to them. Uh, we lost by one point against Seattle, which was that was a missed field goal, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And then, all right, fair enough. 49ers, we lost by 13, but. I think they got a late touchdown, did they, in that game? But still, 13, you know, that's probably the worst. And then we lost by four points against Pittsburgh. So it's not like we're, we're getting killed out there in these games, is it? I'm not sure if that's more frustrating, that a field goal miss here or, you know. We're, we're close. Yeah, a couple of those games, we could be in it, you know, up there with 49ers and Seattle. And I think that's the that's the frustrating part that it ha- those losses have been so close that it could have gone either way, and that is what is frustrating. That it's it is a game of fine margins, and we 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 just seem we just don't seem to be able to get over the line like we did in the last couple of seasons. I think that's the frustrating bit. And I'm I'm going to steal one of the questions that somebody posted on Facebook um, earlier in the week. You know. Is it time that we brought in an offensive coordinator to actually run the plays instead of um, Sean McVeigh? Should he concentrate on being the head coach? Problem is, I don't know if he knows how to do that. Just concentrate on being the head coach. Certainly, I'd, I'd, I think he should try and get someone else in. His old, his old head coach Jay Gruden's sitting about twiddling his thumbs just now. I'd imagine. Get him in. Just, I mean, towards the end of last season, they, they were thinking about bringing in um, the Cardinals' head coach before he was 
he was with them, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, they, as just like a sort of advisor type thing. Mm. Get Jay, Jay, get Jay Gruden in to do that. Um, you know, he is a, as much as he, in the end, failed as a Redskins head coach. He's a good offensive coach. You know, he's kind of came for the same as they say, the old coaching trees, you know, him and McVeigh have crossed paths before and obviously his brother's John Gruden who McVeigh worked with, so there's a lot of connection there and, and obviously they run the fact that McVeigh ran his offence in Washington for a year or two, they, they run the same philosophies, so get get him in, get, you know, run some things by him, you know, get some ideas off him, just get a, a fresh perspective on things because it, it's not working the way it has done the last two years and that's you, you know you, one of the good things McVeigh done the first two years was adapting and there, there's not been a whole lot or if there has been then it's just not working anymore so I think he, he does need to get someone in to, to, to lend a bit of a hand I'm sure he's uh, probably say on a more official capacity would be good but I'm sure he's uh, he's tapping him up while he's sitting around <laughs> sitting around as well but like you say, yeah, we probably need to, he needs a little bit of help there. Maybe he's a little bit too much uh, on his plate. But then you almost see what's last year and you think, well, he can handle it. But, uh, yeah. Any other thoughts, Tony, on this game? I'd, I'd rather not have any more thoughts on this. I'd rather yeah. move forward now to the next week if we can at all. But, uh, next yeah, game, it, so. it wasn't pretty. So, yeah, Jordan, any more? Uh, sorry, Tony, I'm going to just skip back a couple of points we were talking about, you know. <laughs> it, just talking about it being close games. Was MD actually constant that they would go down and score? Because I wasn't, you know, when no, they had not. the when they had it the <laughs> first time, not the not the second time when there was, you know, 59 seconds left and no timeouts. The first time, I wasn't constant. And I think that says a lot about the quarterback at the minute, to be honest. If that was, you know, Rodgers, Brady... And kill me for saying it. Even if it's how many times have we watched Russell Wilson do it? Mm. You know, unfortunately for us, how many how many times have we watched them do it? You you, you just have this. Well, I don't have a confidence in them because I don't want to see them win. But you know, there's that feeling of when you see oh he's got a minute thirty left and two timeouts. Oh god, that's too much time. Yeah, that's too much time for him, and he doesn't have a great line. He doesn't have headline receivers either but he makes it work and unfortunately I think that's a sign of where we are at the minute so on that note did anyone hear Big Wit say seven straight now (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so so let's move on to the Pittsburgh Uh, no not Pittsburgh sorry we've done enough of them moving on Um, who's up next week 11 against Chicago Bears Uh, they are in the same predicament we are as in people thought that they were going to be a bit more successful at the beginning of the year, as we should be. Uh, they're currently four and five, though, rather than five and four, and they're third in the uh, NFC North. Now, what are your initial thoughts, Tony, if you have any, of course, on Chicago? <laughs> I, I hadn't realised there was actually on a losing record. The way people have been chatting online this week is it's the the going up against a team with a far superior record to us. There hasn't been a lot of confidence in that we can pull off the Bears' results at all. And I think what we've got to remember is we've got two back-to-back home games now. So 
if we're going to do something for the rest of the season, now is the time to do it. We could, in theory, pull this back to seven and four. Looking at the the numbers for Chicago, you know, I hope this doesn't come back to bite me, but they've only scored 162 points from nine games. That's that's pretty. That's the lowest in their division. Everybody else is scored. They're in a tough. It seems a tough division as always, I guess. But um, in similar to us, as as are we. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a very similar um, situation, it seems. Uh, Jordan, what are your thoughts on Chicago just off the bat? Uh, much like, much like Tony. I hope I don't. This doesn't come back to bite us. But, but I think we're actually facing someone this week who's actually worse than us, and also their quarterbacks not great um, at the minute. I think, to be fair, I think it's going to be. Similar to what I said last week, coming up against the Steelers, is the the, the defense that's going to cause you a problem. You know, we we saw what they done to the to the Rams last year. It was what was that? You know, fifteen ten or something like that. Did the beaters? I can't rem- can't remember what the score was. But you know, it was the defense that done the damage. It's going to be the same again. It's you know, it's a worry. You've got Khalil Mack coming up against potentially. David Edwards, I guess they'll probably put him on a lot of the time. That's going to be if you're not double teaming him the way that are triple teaming him the way that Aaron Donald gets doubled and tripled, then then there's a problem there. But I mean, you're hoping at home you can get going. It's the last time against the Bears. It was obviously in Chicago. It was you know loud. It was um, you know a bit, bit colder as well, which obviously we touched on last week. Jared Goff gets tarnished with the brush that he can't play in the cold so mm-hmm. you know you're hoping if, it, if our defence can do the same as what they've been doing the last three weeks which I think they, they should be able to then it gives us a fighting chance but you're just waiting for the offence to, to to get going for a, one week against a good team and yeah the Bears might not be a good team but they're, they're, I'd say they're probably better than the Falcons and the, certainly the Bengals so you know, we we need to, we need this is this is a game we need to be winning. Um, I don't think there's any other way about it, to be honest. Yeah, I mean the biggest threat that obviously people talk about is Mac, and interestingly, he's got five and a half sacks at the moment, but he's only scored. I think oh, scored. He's only got one sack in the last five games, I believe. So that's I'm not sure if that's a good sign or a bad a bad, sign, bad sign. And what's to come in our game with our offensive line? But hopefully he can keep up that sackless uh, record in our game. So you're telling us there's a chance on Aaron? There's there is always there is always a chance. Yeah. So, um, but where they stand in defensively, just looking at points like we we think our defense is pretty good. But I was looking at points allowed per game, but they're clearly still pretty pretty much a force to to reckon with. They only allow seventeen and a half points allowed per game their defence and the highest against them I think was the Saints 36 points whereas the Rams on average are allowing 21 points interestingly so it could be another one who's going to get who's going to break down the, the opposing offensive line first but um, that's all I can say really <laughs> it's, it's, it's going to be a tough game it's going to be a tough game I, I, I think a lot will depend on how closely they make the mark um, Cooper Cup, 
Um, I think I think the losses. I mean, particularly the Steelers. You know, they 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 controlled the game by keeping the ball away from Cooper Cup. Um, that I, I think that's the key. Everybody knows how much I I love that guy and how much he can do for us. Um, as you have referenced in the last two podcast guys, thanks. Um, <laughs> but you know, I I think he is the 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 player that can can win the game for us. You know, Robert Woods is there and he's willing to put in the hard work for us. And I think if the pair of them can come up trumps and get that separation and Goff is anywhere like the quarterback that we know he can be, I think we've got the potential to win the game. Um, they, they have a losing record. We don't. We've had nine games. People do not lie at this point. Um, it's going to be tough. But we're at home. The weather is going to be 29 degrees and sunny, looking at the, the forecast. Um, that sounds pretty good to me, actually. Does it uh, ever get cold in uh, California? <laughs> Not sure. in Southern California, I don't think, no. I'm sure, I saw it was still 90 degrees the other day, someone oh, put yeah. it so. Can imagine having Christmas with it being, well, I guess, like, same for Australians, isn't it? <laughs> Just doesn't yeah. seem right. No, I, I, I can't imagine that. It's just wrong. It should be raining and you should be suffering in the cold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that's us all year round, isn't it? Yeah, that's a true story. Just just wow. looking at the history as well, you know, there's only two other teams we've played more than the Chicago Bears. Uh, we've played them 91 times. Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, we've only won 35 of those games and lost 53. Uh, but there's a, there's a lot of history between our teams. Yeah, we can always rely on you on the history stats there. <laughs> that, that's just become my thing now. So yeah. history <laughs> I, time. I'd hate, I'd hate to disappoint. <laughs> Here he is, what, living in the past. <laughs> well, I did look up what I thought was interesting, just to see um, what our schedules have been like comparatively in terms of our opposing re- team records, and it seems roughly the same. Uh, in terms of uh, opponents that have records against. Um, so we're about like there's. I think I've done the math and it was something like they've had, their opponents are on average is like 4.7 wins to 4.4 losses and ours is 4.5, 4.5. So there's no like we've had a tougher schedule, it seems, than they have up till now, on paper anyway. So just hopefully going forward into this game for the wide receivers, whether it's getting that extra separation or Goff to make his decisions a bit more quicker or the line just to toughen up a little bit. I hope this was the kick out the butt they needed to not embarrass themselves, quite frankly, because that's probably the worst performance they've had all season. And hopefully someone was shouting at them <laughs> because that, that was bad and that can't happen again. Um, so, yeah, hopefully they turn it around. So... Not much else from me on uh, on that game. Tony, anything else to add to that? No. No. Let, let, let's just get that win. Let's get the ball rolling yeah. again. I think and, we need uh, a win, don't we? Just to uh, <laughs> get a little bit more uh, enthusiasm behind the, us. Momentum is everything as we head towards the end of the season, isn't it? You yeah. know, yeah. If, if we do do as Mr Whitworth says and go seven straight, you know... Oh, we don't would quarry have... him on that. I might have made that up. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter you've said it now it's, on, it's, it's now out there it's out there allegedly so, allegedly so <laughs> so you know if we can go seven straight that would make us 12 and 4 and um, it's not a bad record 
I, I, I don't this year, but I, I don't. I don't think that'd still get us the um, the wild card. Um, but it'd make us feel a hell of a lot better, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, we haven't got a first round pick anymore, so in terms of trying to get the top tier talent, that's not going to happen in the draft next year. So it's like we have to lose the rest of the game to try and get a better pick. <laughs> but Jordan, anything last thing to say about that Chicago game? No, not really. I mean, it's pretty much say that it's, it's two teams that people expected to be fighting for the NFC Championship again, and it's it's not happening for either of them. So I think both will be looking at this as a game that they, they can win. But you just hope that playing in California, it's it's going to be it's going to help us and hopefully get that win and at least get a bit of try and get a bit of momentum going towards the end of the season. Good stuff. And talking about coming back home, Tony, just sort of skip this in now, if you like. Uh, do you want to talk about the visit that you'll be making in LA? Me? Me? Yeah, talk you. about going to Los Angeles? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to. Yeah, there's, there's a small group of us heading out next for a week on Friday um, to Los Angeles, uh, flying out the Friday, land about 4 p.m. in at LAX, hopefully getting into the bar by about six. We're going to the USC game on the Saturday. No idea what time that game kicks off, though. It's it's ten days away, and they still haven't decided what time USC versus UCLA um, will will play on the Saturday. Um, there's a group of three of us. We're meeting at least another three UK Ram fans out there. Um, so we're hoping you know to get around the tailgate early on the Monday. Uh, and hoping to see what should be um, a, a decent game against the Ravens on Monday Night Football, which bizarrely kicks off at 5pm, or quarter past five anyway, LA time. I know it's going to be um, one o'clock in the morning across here for you guys, but it's going to be uh, early early, early evening for us in Los Angeles. Well, hopefully you have terrible jet lag. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> cool. Right, shall we... Um, any other news? that we've seen about, that we want to talk about. Jordan? I don't think there's been much news happening. This was the big things, the the Colin Kaepernick workout happening this weekend, but, um, I mean, that's got a whole lot of issues with it, so I'm not really wanting to go into it, but, yes, the whether they're just trying to appease him or whatever, I'm not too sure. We'll see what, what becomes of it, but... Colin Kaepernick has a workout that all 32 teams are invited to so he hasn't played for about two, two and a half seasons or something but there's a couple of teams that could probably do with him I think they wouldn't be doing any, any worse off with him but we'll see what happens with, off that, that's that's more to come I think So well, he, he hasn't played since 2016 so what is he doing like a, like a college pro day yeah, sort of he's thing? basically doing a pro day yeah he's doing I think it's interviews first and then measurements again. I don't know why you were doing <laughs> measurements again. He's still he's thirty two, so he was what twenty nine when he when he last played. So he's not going to have grown anything. He's stretching or himself out on the old rack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then they'll do all the the testing, all the you know that forty yard dash, all that, which I can see why they would do that, and then the, yeah. the actual. Important bit, I think, probably for him, the, the actual quarterback drills, um, I think he's doing as well. So 
I'd imagine all 32 teams will go because nobody will want to be that team that doesn't send somebody because with all the, you know, I suppose it's political stuff going round about it, there'd be a bad look for anyone that doesn't go. Mm. Um, whether he gets signed is a different thing. We'll, we'll see, I suppose, in the next couple of weeks, I'd imagine. Good stuff. Tony, anything else on uh, on your radar? The only thing that I saw crop up this week was that the Atlanta Falcons have... Um, designated themselves as a host for the international series next year already that's part of their hosting the the super bowl in is it 2022 or 2023 or something um so they they will be hosting an international game they haven't said it's london they haven't said it's mexico um but they will be playing outside of the country and giving up a home game um interestingly with them being in the nfc south we are due to play at the NFC South at some point in 2020, so it could be us, but that would that would be that would have to be us both finishing in the same position in the division for that no, to happen. Want, we don't want that. <laughs> Ideally, not that. Well, we do. We don't. If they come over here, we kind of do, but don't because we want to obviously win something this year. Yeah. But um, okay, cool. That's interesting. Right. Jordan, do you want to move on to questions that you've got? Um, yeah, I'll just bring them up. So there's a couple on uh, Twitter. So first one's from Kevin Doyle. So it's how do we fix the O-line with not much draft capital uh, going forward? So it's obviously for, for coming years because we know the state of the line. We've talked about it enough this, this episode. But obviously you've got the likes of Whitworth. He's... This is the last year of his deal. Whether he comes back again remains to be seen. That I, I kind of get the feeling that this will be his last year, um, but that remains to be seen. So, how do you go about fixing that with not much draft capital? Um, There's only one other way, isn't there? Free, free agency. Yeah. Why? Yeah, and then, but cap space is well documented as well. So. It really is an issue that the the front office have kind of, I suppose, have backed themselves into it. They've they they've they've like like I said earlier, they've believed that the the guys that they've drafted last year are good enough, and that's not turned out to be the case so far. So mm. you know, it's it's an issue that people that are paid a lot more money than than us can't figure out. So um, <laughs> well, if if Wick goes, the left tackle, the most experienced guy on that line, then. The only thing that can happen is if you've got, like, say, with cap space, you're not going to get too many high-profile guys in there, and you're just relying on these these young bucks just to get just get better, <laughs> I guess, and pray. But you know, if you haven't got the draft picks, unless they do, you know, Les does some miraculous movement on up the draft, the draft, or giving away, I don't know what, a player, maybe, to go get a top flight. College offensive lineman, I don't know. It's the only other way he's going to do it, as far as I can see. Or just run around with a wall. Just put a wall out there. It's the only option. I think a, I think a traffic cone would be better than some of the <laughs> offensive line play at the minute. But um, yeah, that's that's one we'll need to watch. We'll need to watch that one in the off season. But it's it's a pretty grim situation just now. Um, but yeah, on to the next one. Uh, Renfrew Ram. So it's with the playoffs becoming more out of reach. Where do we go from here? So you know, seven games left as we've touched on. So 
Tony, what do you, what do you think? Is it just a case of win as many as you can, try and try and build momentum for next year, or? I mean, the only way forward, really, is I I think winning the title is out of our reach. I think we can pretty much agree on that. So, you know, has has the wild card ever been two from the same division heading to the playoffs? Is that an opportunity for us? Oh, it's possible. But whether it's happened before, I'm not really sure. Um, But, right, so the way, I mean, I've got it up just now. The way the, the, the wild card's sitting, Rams are currently seventh. So they're only one place out. Um, Vikings are seven and three. So obviously they've played one more game than the Rams just now. So they, they've got their bye week. So you know, feasibly the Rams could be six and four and only one. You know, say we give the Rams a win and the Vikings have got their bye week. Rams could be one one win off at the minute. One of the issues is I touched on this last week is the conference records. So the mm-hmm. Vikings are currently six and two against the NFC. But the Rams are three and three, so if they finish with the same record, Vikings would would win out based on their their conference um, record. And then that's you know that's that's looking up. That's probably your only feasible way of is getting six seed. You've got obviously this, the Forty ers are still leading the division um, and the NFC unfortunately with eight and one, and the Seahawks are eight and two. So barring a, a pretty big collapse from one of them. They two are in kind of pole position to, to reach the playoffs anyway. Um, and then looking down, you've got this is quite a big game for the play the for the wild card slot this weekend. The Bears are obviously four and five; they are three slots down. And then below that, you're kind of on a three win teams, so so you can kind of not concern yourself with them. But you've got the Eagles and the Panthers on five and four as well. But the reason that uh, the Rams are above them as that conference record, which is better than both the Panthers and Eagles. And obviously the Rams beat Panthers, so that's another tie-break win that we have over them. So, I mean, that's pretty tight, but it's it's more the way that the Rams are playing that makes you think the wild card's out. Maybe not out of the question, but more unlikely than it is likely, I suppose. Just the way that they're playing at the minute. So, it's still something to watch out for. I mean, uh, McVeigh doesn't, you know, and obviously we've just touched on that there's no first round draft pick, so you're not going to tank for a, a better pick. So I think it's just going to be a case of, you know, win as many as you can and, and see where it takes you, to be honest. I've just looked up the playoff picture like like you have, Jordan. The Cowboys are on five and four and rated as the fourth seed. That's yeah, disgusting. Well, the- that's disgusting. <laughs> I know the top of the division, but with a five and four record. Yeah, that's one of the problems. I mean, the Rams almost benefited from that a good few years ago. Now, I think the the basically a, a a playoff game. It was the last game of the regular season against the Seahawks. And I think the the winner basically went went to the playoffs. And I think it was like seven and nine that they won the division with. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the Rams lost uh, because Sam Bradford, but. Um, you know, that that's just one of the problems where they, they put this importance on the divisions. So not not only are they going currently into the playoffs with five wins, they're the fourth seed with five wins when the Seahawks have got eight wins in their fifth and the Vikings seven wins in their sixth. So that's just one of the crazy parts of the NFL, I suppose. And what doesn't really help us coming up with um, Minnesota... 
and Seattle, who are obviously in those wildcard spots now, they play each other um, in a couple of weeks. So, well, one of them's going to win. <laughs> I imagine it's unlikely to be a tie, which then makes that even harder, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, essentially, we just got to win games and pray the people in front of us lose games. <laughs> yeah, well, that was, again, part of the reason I tweeted out as I was still up late after, well, I mean, our game finished really late, but you, you really wanted to see the, sorry, the Cowboys to beat the Vikings. Um, that would have really helped, and mm. obviously they, they didn't, so it was just another blow to wake up to, I suppose, on Monday morning, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. The NFL is a crazy league, but we'll, we'll, see. we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, but, yeah, uh, moving on there, a few uh, questions on Facebook. Sam, so I've got this one. Do you think Jared Goff is capable of progressing to elite quarterback status? That's from Anthony Saunders. Uh, Aaron? Well, at the moment, as harsh as it seems to say, no. Like I say, he's shown sparks of absolute quality. But I'm not sure. I mean, last year, obviously, you feel a lot better about him. This year, you feel terrible about him, but then there's lots of things around him that are falling apart. But at the moment, elite players tend to have this extra ability, it seems, um, to them, and just Goff doesn't seem to have that at the moment. Not to say down the line he can't grow into that as he develops. And like I said earlier, maybe with this sort of adversity, um, maybe he'll develop some skill sets that he needs to to go into that next level. But at the moment, I'd say no. Tony? I've got to pretty much agree with that. You know, I I think he's had the potential. I don't know if it's the coaching or his ability or what. I don't know enough enough about that side of it. But I think he's had the opportunity. He's 25 now. Can he improve? Yes. Will he improve? Maybe. Will he reach the elite levels of Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, that type of level? Doubtful. But we kind of don't need him to either. Like last year's evidence of that. Like he had a better, obviously a better year last year, but then the offensive line was better. So you, I think people quarterbacks who aren't elite have won Super Bowls. So although yeah, it's nice to talk about elite quarterbacks as a as a wider team issue. You don't really need them to be, but what you do need them to do is be able to have a higher completion percentage. <laughs> and not get sacked or fumble the ball as often. But, uh, yeah, that's my take. Yeah, no, I mean, there's there's been games where he's had, he's had elite games, he's had elite throws in games, but, you know, looking back at the, the Vikings game, I think he had a perfect passer rating. I think he's only, one of only three at most, or maybe he was the only one, I can't remember what the, the stat was, but... It was like the only, one of the only quarterbacks with a perfect passer rating by throwing over 30 passes or something like that. You know, mm. bad quarterbacks don't have those games, but there's just zero level of consistency to him. And I think as well, he needs to kind of have the perfect storm, if you like, and a good old line, which he had the last couple of years a good running back which he's had the last couple of years or at least a, a healthy good running back and obviously good receivers as well because I mean he struggled without Cooper Cup 
you could say that, you know, possibly that part of the struggles on Sunday there is because he doesn't have Brandon Cooks and that's not necessarily because Cooks is having an outstanding season, but he's a threat no matter what. He's got he's a deep threat. Um and then obviously you've got just we've spoke about enough this this episode as well, the O line. So I think if you give him the right pieces around him, he can be a very good quarterback. But if he doesn't have those pieces then that's where you start to, to see his deficiencies and you know, it's up to it's up to the coaches, it's up to the front office to, to build that, that that team around them again. But that's gonna be more difficult because you're just giving them the, the big contract. Um so like Tony says, he has only twenty five, he's got plenty of years left. It's just whether we see the the improvement that, that we all thought we were getting the last couple of years. It's obviously regressed this year. So it's something that we'll need to look at for the future, um and see how good or bad that contract looks in what four years or whatever um, I think that's that's going to be when you can make your, your final decision on that but um, I think we've only really got Tony Stoll, Andy's question I'll give Andy Hutcherson the, the praise for the question about the, the offensive coordinator earlier um, I think the only other one for now is from Vince um, on Facebook and it's is Coach McVay capable of change it seems he's impatient and always wants a splash play can he play small ball so you know essentially grind it out as we see some other coaches do um, Tony any thoughts on that one about Sean McVay changing his changing his ways if you like I, I think we covered it a little bit when we 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 talked about the Andy Hutchison question. Uh, should we bring in a a, a proper OC coach, uh, offensive coach, and coordinator? Sorry, um, I I don't think at the moment. I don't think he's got it in him. I, I I think he's that's what he is. That is what he wants to do. Can he change? Yes, I think he can change. Will he change this season? Possibly not. I think he. I think he wants to make the big plays. He wants to be impressive. I think he's he's trying to play to a a Los Angeles, a Southern California type crowd that demands entertainment at games, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that yet. But at some point, he will learn that to have any longevity in the NFL, you've got to be able to grind out the results as well. I mean, it seems. It's his, sorry, it's his third year, isn't it, as head coach? So he's, he's a young head coach, as everyone's pointed out. He's got a lot of growing in that role to go. And maybe just the last couple of years, we've been a little bit spoiled after so many bad years before that. That we're, I mean, we're every right to question it, as we have done over the weeks. But it may be too early to start freaking out. I think it's just because we were so successful last year. We want the success this year, and I think he's he's probably one of the hardest working coaches. He at least comes across like that, and he doesn't forget anything. So if you've got that ability, then there's no reason why you haven't got you know space to grow and and learn from your mistakes. And in the, although it just does sound like words, he does take the blame, whether that's for show or not. But yeah, maybe he needs a little bit of advice in his ear. But I think. It's not too. Uh, it's not too late for him, and he, he he might change it around over the years to come. But in the short term, we will have to wait and see. 
So was that all the questions, Jordan? Yep, pretty much, yep. Good stuff. Well, we'll wrap up this podcast now. Um, we play the Chicago Bears this Sunday, although it's, what, Monday for us? one twenty am Excellent. So, Tony, are you up for that? <laughs> I'm undecided at the moment. There, I, I could do it, um, or I could get up a little bit early and watch the condensed game. If if I do it, I'll be going to bed at nine o'clock and then getting back up at like half midnight and doing it that way. It's a very um, annoying time, isn't it? That one. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's too late to stay all the way through and be any type of competent on on Monday morning. Um, but actually, I quite fancy an early night on Sunday. To be honest, I don't mind getting up at <laughs> half past twelve for three hours. <laughs> Showing your age there, mate. Cheers, mate. <laughs> Jordan, I'm assuming you'll be up for it. You normally are. Yeah, yeah, I'll be going to bed early. So unfortunately, the only problem with that is you miss you miss half the red zone. But um, even against better judgment, I suppose you're going to go up and watch this. Yeah, this what could be could be a bit of a struggle as both teams offensively ain't great. But no, need to go up and watch it. Can't do anything else. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast before the game, you've got to get yourself up if you're in the UK and watch this and. Uh, I think it's hope alone is the only thing that's going to get me up <laughs> to watch this. Hopefully see it turn around. It's always hindsight. You're like, why did I stay up to 1am to watch this? <laughs> it's awful stuff. But it's got to be done. If you're a fan, you're a fan. You've got to watch the games. Right. Till next week then, guys. Speak to you later. Bye.